Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D-Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D-Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at U-D-Pod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guess it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for absolutely free. Sorry about missing last week, guys. I uh, had our anniversary and a bunch of baby stuff. So trust me, I'm way more afraid of my wife than I am of you guys. But I'm really glad to be back. For those of you who've never listened to UD Pod before, first of all, thank you for finding us. Second of all, I started talking into microphones on the internet because I moved to Philadelphia with a girl I just met. She's now my wife. And I needed someone somewhere to talk about sports with. I had a, my old roommate hit me on the text and said, hey, do you want to write for a Georgia site? I said, of course I do. I started writing. I started the podcast. And God bless us, 11 years later, you're listening to episode 268 of the Unanimous Decision Podcast, and I'm here with my original co-pilot, Chad Floyd. What's up, Chad? Man, not too much. That That's about as good of a runway as you've ever really given me. Uh, much it was all about me, there. too. It was even better. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was self-indulgent, and, and, and I still felt uh, a, a little bit like I was a part of it, so it was, it was kind of nice, man. Um facebook did the little memories thing for me like probably no. two weeks ago seven years ago the dude you podcast is on the front page of uh itunes is like the number 13 college and amateur sports type. man uh you know we we really could have uh we really could have kept going with that shit. it was <laughs> i think we were both too early in the world and too late in our own lives like we were all starting like andrew had kids and, like jason had kids now i have kids like it's it was if we were younger men and the world were a place where we could have easily made money off of it, it's a very different result. But we had a lot of memories, had a lot of stupidity. We made ESPN a couple times. And uh, now I've got a man who's been ducking my call all season. Every time I reach out to Chad this season, and be like, hey, man, do you want to hop on the podcast? His response has been, no shit, I'm out of the country. <laughs> so I'm glad we were able to pin you down for a Sunday afternoon. And here's the thing, like, it could have very easily been a scenario where, uh, you know, between work and thank God I didn't go to the UNC Duke game last night, but th there was a very real possibility that I was going to do that. So I could have ducked you again. I felt like, though, since I'm actually in my home state, I was obligated to uh, go ahead and jump on jump on here. Well, I do. But, appreciate yeah, you. I mean. Two weeks to catch up on, so let's get started. Before we get into college football, which is the reason we're here, you're here, we're all here. Let's talk about the season that just started. Chad Floyd, the NBA is back, and it looks like you're going to get a season on LeBronica. Because despite what they said in the front office and what they said at media day, the whole minutes cap on LeBron, clearly they need this old man to win. Chad, we're watching something insane. I don't even know how old that man is, but, I mean, the fact that he's even questionable for today's game against Portland, I'm like, nah, that dude's going to play. He's going to play like 44 minutes. And, um, and that's the thing, like, we're going to minicap him. Like, you can't because with the unpredictability of Anthony Davis, you have to play him to win. And because everyone in the West is right now playing to win, probably except Portland, like, everyone's trying to make the playoffs. And maybe that'll drop off as the season continues. But you're right. We're watching. He'll be 39 in December. I know that because I'll be 39 in July. LeBronica has been going on for the better part of, like, two decades now. It, it it is just the never-ending holiday, the gift that keeps on giving. If you don't appreciate this man, you don't appreciate basketball. He's, I mean, he he's just absolutely insane. Um, I've got a question for you because I didn't know if we were going to jump on NBA or not. But how in the hell does the in-season tournament work? I'm not sure, but I think <laughs> I like it. I think I like it because it makes it feel a little bit different. I don't know. I'm a little. Yeah, you're not wrong. I think right now they're in the, the round robin stage where everyone's accruing points. And from there, we're going to have like three or four games, like a semifinals and the finals. And then every winner gets, I think, a million bucks. Sure. It's a pretty, the idea, I, I, as someone who has made an effort to expand his sports horizon outside of American-based sports, I understand the idea of the instant tournament. I also understand that ratings have been going up for it and that the players seem to be engaged. So whatever works, really. I think as long as, as long as, we're in it. Like, let's give it a shot. They're trying to grow the sport. I'm with you on like a lot of it where it's like, why are we doing this? But also I recognize that again, I'll be 39 in July. Some of the shit isn't for me. <laughs> and it's oh, for, to, to like, be clear. 
to be clear, I, I don't hate like the concept of it. It's weird that like they also count as regular season games. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of like a little double whammy there. But um, from the standpoint of I have no idea when it's happening, what games apply towards it. And then <laughs> and then also the courts, the, the aesthetic of the courts is one thing. And the second thing is the branding of it being called the in-season tournament. It's, I'm it's, like, okay. No, nobody put up to sponsor that thing. It's, it is wild. Well, uh, I'm sure it's sponsored somebody because will. it's Nike, because it's the NBA. I'll give you this. The title's a little wordy. A little wordy. Just, just let's keep workshopping. Let's bounce it around the room a couple times. Mm-hmm. A little wordy on the title. Um, the courts. I, I appreciate the, the, the effort. They cannot stink. The Heat's court stinks. Because if your court is different and it stinks, we're going to notice it more. Also, some of these jerseys. Are fire. Some of these jerseys, Atlanta with your Times New Roman lowercase or shit, are lazy. And I'm a, a traditionalist when it comes to jerseys. I'm an old person, but if we're gonna do it, it's gotta be, it's gotta hit. But like my being like the toughest, hardest, hardest working. It's all the things you hear from schools that aren't good at sports. And <laughs> um, I don't want to. I don't want to hear about your graduation rate, Miami. I don't care. Win some fucking games, and they will because they do every year. Um, let's talk about someone else who, like LeBron James, came into the league and lived up to the hype immediately. We're in, like, week three of Big Vic, and uh, I – what do you want me to do? He's he's impossible. Like, I, what what are you supposed to do with a man who's 7-4? I mean, he, he's basically – except he plays with a back-to-the-basket game. Like he, but he has that skill set. He's – just absolutely absurd. I have not gotten to see him live yet. Oh, not just, just based on how my how my schedules worked out. But um, pretty much every time I've got the highlights on in the background, the dude is making my jaw drop to the floor. Like he he is as insane. I will, I will as, know the first time you see him live because you will text me. It. I mean, it's ridiculous. Chad, it's just, jarring. It's jarring to watch live, like you, because what you don't see in the highlights is the decisions by other players of like, yeah, I'm not just, gonna, I'm just not going to go to the lane. Like you watch this, you watch the calculus happen. Of like, I'm not going near that. There's no, there's nothing, nothing good is for me in there. And so you're watching entire like major season of basketball. The finish against the Suns a couple weeks ago, where he's rising up over Kevin Durant. Like I saw another player saying to KD, he's like, now you know how we felt with you. Like there's nothing we could actually do to block the shot. They're just trying to get in his face. That's how we felt with you, Kevin. And it's an evolution that I don't know if the, the, the league's ready for, but I know it's going to keep Pop coaching for the next 20 years. I mean, th- there were two or three years where I just assumed at some point that Pop had moved on. And mm-hmm. just to kind of see him reemerge back in into my consciousness is great. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm a big Pop guy. But, uh, yeah, the Spurs just get a nice generational talent over seven feet tall once every 20 years. Sometimes they overlap, sometimes they don't. And every time one of these big skinny dudes comes out, you know, Anthony Davis being the last one and the Bobcats have the worst, Bobcats or the Hornets have the worst record in the league. Guess who ends up picking number two, baby? <laughs> Very true. <sighs> I hadn't even thought about that. It would be that. so nice to, it would be so nice to be able to get on the light rail and go see Wimby play 40 times a year. Cause I'd be down for that. I, I like live a mile from that nice squad, man. They're fun. They're not going to do anything. But I think that's a fun t- It's a fun Friday night. Yeah, yeah. Just uh, you know, all context dependent. I mean, I still don't understand uh how Steve Clifford got that job back, but that's another topic for another day, man. <laughs> another topic for another day. All right, I want to make an announcement to anyone listening to this. First of all, if you're listening to it on Tuesday, rude. You're a day late, but. I want to just give a quick public service announcement because on Tuesday, they're going to release another batch of playoff rankings. And I've seen a pretty good, everyone's been pretty okay with it. You don't have to care. You don't have to watch. You don't have to care. You don't have to talk about it. They talk about it on television because one, they are paid to. And why are they paid to? Because they've already sold the ads. But if someone comes up to you on Wednesday at work and says, you see the playoff rankings, you have my permission to look them dead in the eye and say, no, because it doesn't matter and walk away. I think that's fair. All these conversations exist because they sold airtime for it. Like, it's you will not remember who the week eight top four was at the end of the season. It won't matter. 
Remember that time Mississippi State was number one? Can you tell I'm tired of having these conversations? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, well, the, the, the fun thing is that they built the TV show for the product that they run, and then they create controversy on the product on the show that they run. So then they can continue to get airtime off the product that they own on the shows that they run. It's just a beautiful, self-fulfilling uh, cycle that makes absolutely no sense except for the magic words to fill content. And good God, do they ever. Like, I, I, I just logo don't want to hear... be an Ouroboros just eating its own <laughs> uh, Let's just... talk about game results. And because it's oh my us God. and we're talking about football, we're going to start the same place we always start. The classic city, Athens, Georgia. I was told by Apple Care that Lane Kiffin was coming in and he had something for the dog. That offense is going to be hard to slow down. And all week I said, I'm not worried. They literally have to play defense too. Georgia 52, Ole Miss 17, Carson Beck 18 to 25 from the field, 306, uh, two touches, one pick. Kendall Milton, nine carries for 127. Vlad McConkey, four for 81, putting the absolute jukes on people in the open field. Chad Floyd. This is a team rounding the form at the right time of year, man. I mean, this is like the 2016-2018 uh, Dabo Clemson teams that, you know, kind of messed around in September. And you could just see the upward trajectory from game one to game two. And just absolutely they are hitting the mountaintop. And we'll get to other teams that think that they're in contention later. But there is nobody touching these guys the way they're playing right now. Except for maybe another team that's on an upward trajectory that we'll get to a little bit quicker here. But uh, yeah, yeah, Milton, Milton going for uh, 15 yards a carry, basically. I mean, we knew Old Miss was fraudulent. We knew, you know, their schedule was a little bit easy. And this game played exactly kind of like I thought it would. You know, Ole Miss scripts up something early and then Georgia just sits on them. And sits on to the tune of a fifty burger, which I must say this was Palmer, you love to see it, man. You pissed off you pissed off Kirby, man. You shouldn't run that shit in the first quarter. He didn't hang fifty he's hung fifty once this year against Kentucky. And this is something else I want to bring up that Felder and I were talking about last week. Once we beat once the Georgia passed Auburn, every team on their schedule that's mattered, they've mashed. Like, not like, oh, we're just gonna get a win and get out of here. No, no, no. They sent a message to say, if you thought about going to Florida or Kentucky or Mizzou, or Ole Miss. Don't do that, because we'll just do this to you. Come here, where you get to hurt people and not get hurt. Like, the, I never cheer for college kids to get hurt. I never cheer for anyone to get hurt. When they put Jackson Dart in the dirt, I was like, well, that's what you get. Shouldn't have been, ta- shouldn't have been running around. That game was over. It was in hand. And, uh, yeah, they put him real bad in the ground. Let's go next to, I'll say the SEC, man. Let's go to the, ah, you knew where I was going next. Alabama-Kentucky, 49-21. Look, here's, guys, here's are y'all done worrying about, like, I wonder if – don't play – no. If you see Nick Saban fighting a bear, help the bear. What's crazy is Jalen Milrow just turned into a real-ass quarterback seemingly sometime in the last three weeks, and he's a problem. Um, that SEC title game coming up is going to be – I mean – that's going to be a game. Um, I think you could it's have two playoff teams from the SEC. I think you could have a rematch in the national championship. Like Alabama, to me, is the second best team in the country right this second. It's been really interesting to watch the team embrace the Jalen Milrow era because, like you said, it wasn't early. It, it was something that we watched. This, for me, is the mark of a good coach because you watched this team adjust on the fly. The USF game when he didn't play Milrow, essentially telling the fans to shut up, I know what I'm doing. And since then, it's been watching this kid get better and better, out-dueling uh, Jalen Daniels last week in LSU. Just, for my money, one of the two best players in the country right now, and they're both in the SEC because I think Jalen Daniels is the best thing running right now. But, yeah, Bama is Bama is Bama. They aren't done yet. I, too, am waiting for the day where I can comfortably say, and that was the last we saw of Nick Saban. But uh, we're not there yet, and we're not going to get there anytime soon because – well, we'll talk about the rest of the SEC in a second because yeah, t- tales Mizzou, of his demise have been exaggerated yet again. Eli, um, you mad, bro? Because I didn't think Mizzou had a thirty-six to seven win in Tennessee in them. Like it wasn't like a kind of a win. It wasn't a, a little bit of a win. 
it was a four quarter ass kicking or three quarters. First quarter was scoreless. Chad, um, we're done with our Mizzou experience. It's done with us for at least another year. That being said, we got Tennessee next week, and I hate the word trap game, but you've got a rival who just got their teeth kicked in hosting Georgia, who are could be reasonably described as looking ahead. Hopefully Tennessee still stays ranked so they can use that as feed. Hopefully the, the playoff committee puts them back at two, so whatever, give Kirby ammo. That's weird, but sure. Um, what's happened in Tennessee this year that's such a drop-off? And I know part of it is not adjusting that playbook to the talent that's left after Hernan Hooker graduated, but holy shit, this isn't good at all. So my, my biggest concern with Tennessee is that, you know, that they have had a lot of open deep balls that Joe Milton overthrows, that somebody mm-hmm. drops. There's going to be a game where those hit, and I don't want to know when that game is because there's only two of them left for the Vols. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm more amazed by Missouri. I mean, bouncing back after, you know, there, there are some teams that play not to get blown out, and there are some teams that play to win. Missouri tried to win the Georgia game. Yes. And for them to bounce back and just skull drag Tennessee like this was really impressive. Like, Missouri needs to get into a New Year's Six Bowl is kind of – the way I look at it, they, they, they've got the best non-conference win in the league by far, beating Kansas State. Um, and I don't, I don't understand the Eli thing because I thought he was closer to the chopping block than doing this. Yeah. Um, you know, as it pertains to Tennessee, I'm not worried about them from a Georgia perspective next week. I will be happy to eat those words if, you know, <laughs> if Joe Milton all of a sudden turns into. Uh. Jaden Daniels and God combined. Um, but they're going to be, I mean, the fact that Tennessee's seven and three, you know, after all they lost, I mean, they're, they're going to be a little bit of a problem, not, not a huge Georgia problem, but an SEC like upper tier yeah. problem for the Josh Eipel era, I think. Like he, he's kind of given us some proof of concept there. That's super annoying. I really don't like it. Um, we're going to skip some of these games. Vandy lost to South Carolina. Arkansas, who beat Florida last week. I ain't going to talk about the podcast, but for just a quick second, what the fuck, Florida? What the fuck? I asked you to make it interesting for me, and you lose to Arkansas wearing ridiculous black jerseys? Tighten it up. Um, Mississippi State lost to Texas A&M, third string quarterback, 51 to 10, but that's not why we're talking about that. then what happened? (laughs) (laughs) I I was trying to explain the story to Susan this morning. I was like, there is not another sport in the world, or in America, in the world in america where if you look at the price of crude oil you see where jimbo might get fired man i i, I woke up to this this morning and i was like you know i didn't see a second of the a&m mississippi state game do they lose to mississippi second. state no <laughs> and and have you ever seen the movie office space cinematic masterpiece <laughs> listeners yes i you know i have yes um okay so there's the scene pretty early in the movie where lawrence says you don't need money to do nothing, man. Look at my cousin. He's broke. Don't do shit. Well, Jimbo Fisher's got money, and he's done nothing for the past decade. And that man and is going to walk away with $76 million dollars to continue to do nothing. God. $76 million to do nothing. And he was already doing nothing. Just had to, had to go stand on the sidelines once a week. Like... And the funny part is, like, they put him in the staff in just a pit of vipers. Like, Bobby Petrino, DJ Durkin, just a bunch of fucking Mensa members. And not one of them were able to cut him. He was able to blow it up for himself. And, um, I mean, I think last time I was on here, we, we talked about uh, a reality TV uh, show of just that coaching staff. But... It's, it, I mean, for Saban, uh, when, when they signed that number one class, I think in 22, and Saban said, yes, the best recruiting class money can buy, it just kind of goes to show you the institutional rot that you have that much talent, go five and seven last year, go six and four this year, and then you're talking about the same guy who completely cratered Florida State before he left. So mm-hmm. this man has literally not worked a day in the past decade, and 
earned about $120 million for his troubles. Just I would challenge you. Hustle. I think he's been working these last few weeks. Because if someone was in charge of the Mideast peace plan, it was Jimbo Fisher. Because he knew the more the, the worse it got, the higher the price of oil went, the more likely he was going to get sent the fuck home. And it just didn't <laughs> work out for you, Jimbo. The peace was too hard to attain. Uh, let's talk about the game of the night in the SEC now. This is the game of – I'll say this very clearly. Jaden Daniels deserves the Heisman Trophy. Jaden – the Georgia Bulldogs – Ran for 300 yards yesterday and threw for 311. Pretty lofty numbers. Jaden Daniels ran for 601. Combined got 606. Okay, he is the first quarterback ever to pull a 350-200. Ever. Chad, 606. At the FBS level. 606. What the fuck? I I mentioned how Tennessee can be like an upper echelon SEC problem. But, I mean, I liked Billy Napier. I thought he was going to do better there. I don't see Florida being an upper tier uh, SEC problem moving forward. Um, good for Jaden Daniels, man. Like man. when he transferred from Arizona State, you know, everybody was like, uh, you know, I think there's like a leaked Instagram video of somebody, you know, like throwing crap in his locker or something and saying, yeah, he was garbage anyway. That man is not garbage. Holy shit. That, that man. Arizona State, if this man is garbage, what do you have on your roster? Show me. Hey, man, Arizona State got him one last night. But good, I mean. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, Imagine how bad the Brian Kelly era would be going without Jaden. You've got Napier. Florida, you've got Napier. You've got a staff of thousands. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like. I wanted you to be interesting. I joked about it, but I'm serious. I'd be a lot happier if that was fucking interesting to watch. And it's not. Florida's not interesting to watch. You're devaluing our win. That's not, look, that's their final Their final uh, threat. Is, so what if your win didn't matter? Well, congratulations. Um, but, yes, well, Jimbo Fisher is unemployed. Um, Billy Florida Napier might be joining that. him soon. Uh, I did that to themselves last week. They lost to Arkansas. How is he still employed? Man, sorry, uh, that, that's that's a great question. Um, I have no idea. I, I don't know if he will continue to be employed, but I think he's got a top five recruiting class. And Palmer, I mean, when have we ever seen a recruiting class, you know, kind of hold up a coach who is clearly underachieving? I don't know. Look, man, look. And you and I have talked about this offline. We've talked about it online before. Recruiting classes do not matter until they do it on Saturday because there are a lot of guys out there right now. And this is – all right, I'm going to do this right now. Chad. You and I were doing these podcasts and writing together and talking a lot when they fired Mark Richt and hired Kirby. Mm-hmm. You remember me being staunchly pro Richt, correct? Yes. What you're about to see in a lot of these schools is the reason. When you fire your 10-win-a-year guy, you the rule is generally you're not going to get better. Kirby is the exception that proves the rule. I will eat crow on Kirby Smart to the day I die because that man brought me – back-to-back national titles, and we're hollering out a third. So I will shut the fuck up about Kirby for the rest of my natural-born life. However, there's a lot of schools out there who think they're one thing. I want to be considered one thing. But instead, they're the other thing. I've heard the cries, Happy Valley, you're loud. Fire James Franklin. Hold on. Because... If the two games you know he's going to lose here are two games you can count on, that's something pretty nice to look at. Because Rutgers is going to be without Ferentz next year. It's going to be very interesting to see what they do. The over-under in the Iowa-Rutgers game, Chad, was 27.5. They did not hit it because Rutgers didn't score, and Iowa hung 22. I mean, that's a hell of a performance from the Iowa offense. They had 400 yards, which I can't imagine has happened any time this century. I mean, you know what? Brian Ferentz is just uh, angling for that Texas A&M job. We're going to make a lot of A&M jokes uh, for, the, for the rest of the podcast, guys. Sorry. Just, just settle in. It's coming. Um, mm-hmm. Ohio State, the number one team allegedly in the nation, beat Michigan thir- State, excuse me, 38-3. Michigan State is bombed out and depleted. Ohio State is fine. They probably should win by more. They need more players on that team besides that dude whose name I don't say on this podcast. But whatever. They are 10-0. They're built. They're they're staring down the barrel of a showdown with Michigan. And let's talk about the team from up north, because 
Michigan beat Penn State 24-415. Another game where James Franklin came up short in the big stage, but another game where y'all know you can't do any better. So you better get used to it. Jim Harbaugh, banned from the sideline. He's throwing up fours. Fucking coach is crying and shit. Jim ain't dead. He's just suspended again this season. Okay, so the, the fours and, you know, like the, the tribute in the opener against ECU, you know, that, that whatever, I, I, I can move past that. Um, Sharon Moore coming out, coming out after the game in full tears, um, dropping some F-bombs, which did not get censored by Fox, even when they tweeted out the, uh, the video. My dude, Jim Harbaugh does not have ALS. He was not in a plane crash. He is in a hotel in the same town as you. He's fine. Like we we we've got to maybe not uh, lionize Jim Harbaugh here, especially in the house that uh, our friend Joe Paterno, you know, might have swept some stuff under the rug. Like he's a dude. He's he's a guy. And can we and can we please point to the thing that he's bringing to this team beyond the very obvious circumstantial evidence of y'all cheating a shit ton? JJ McCarthy was seven to eight for sixty yards yesterday. Um, fuck? I, I think it was uh, Richard Johnson who had the tweet of uh, J.J. McCarthy, you know, running around uh, in the post game and saying, you, you, you don't think this meant anything to him? And I, I replied to that tweet and said, my dude's running further in this clip than he threw for in the in the game. A lot and, of handoffs, a lot of handing off, Chad. That's exhausting shit. Man, he's going to hand his way to the Heisman. That's not you the first guys, time I made that. You guys keep doing this Big Ten thing, and it's going to expand next year. It's going to be a lot funnier when real football teams exist aside from Ohio State, Michigan. Um, Dude, Oregon is going to win the Big Ten next year. I'm, I'm calling my shot right now. We'll talk about that. I, I like that pick. That's a good. Let's talk offline. That may be a. Let's go to Vegas and put some money and make an investment <laughs> type of conversation, Chad. That's uh, that one's spicy. Uh, let's go to your home conference, the ACC, <clears throat> North Carolina, after a season of expectations, a season of delivering on some big stages, finally, beautifully upset Duke in overtime, 47-45. I said upset to upset you. Chad, I'll let you pontificate about the North Carolina Tar Heels. Oh, boy. Uh, Gene Chizik's employed uh, Texas A&M. Feel free to take him off your hands. Um, The the, the Matt Brown thing's exhausting. Uh, Speaking of emotional coaches, he was – a little bit teared up after winning a game that uh, for the third ACC game in a row, UNC was just content to uh, snatch uh, victory from the jaw or defeat from the jaws of victory. I don't know. UNC won. Great. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're like in Can that Minnesota Northwestern territory. We're 21 to 25 in the rankings. Great. It's fun. You know, either we go to the San Francisco bowl or the New York bowl or the Charlotte bowl. Who gives a shit? It's fine. How has this season been for you as a North Carolina fan? Um, like every season in history, uh, you build up some nice expectations, and then you wake up in a hotel room in Italy, and after trying to find a way to stream the game, that was going to start at 3.30 in the morning that time. Oh, you found out you lost to fucking Virginia, and you are their only FBS win in about a calendar year. And you're like, okay, I can I can check out on this. Uh dot, 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 et cetera. Maybe we'll watch, but go dogs. Um, so yeah, immensely frustrating. Hammer South Carolina, hammer Minnesota, edge App State, and then lose to fucking Virginia and Georgia Tech. That's, I mean, that's the UNC football experience <laughs> in an absolute nutshell. And look, they, they got Clemson next week. They could go down to Death Valley, beat Clemson. They will turn around and lose at NC State the following week. That's just how shit goes, man. NC State's been spicy this season. NC State's been fine. NC State's got a better record than fucking Clemson, who beat Georgia Tech uh, 42-21. I am not going to pretend to care about Tech. I refuse. No one's going to trick me into this. However, I will enjoy it because we didn't have a podcast last week. Two weeks ago, Tyler came on from Spartanburg and yelled at yelled at shithead Dabo, and Dabo got all up and ornery, and then he cut a promo after going five and four, picking up his fifth win in November, talking about buy stock in Clemson, which means pump and dump. Um, <laughs> hey, they're bowl eligible now, though. Boo! 
<laughs> and this is the other thing that I want to talk about what I just mentioned earlier about the Rick thing. Hey, Clemson Faithful, you want to get rid of Dabo? You think that things that he said on that show were dickheadish? You are right. He's a prick. However, he's also right about one other thing. He's the best you motherfuckers have ever gotten. He is. <laughs> it's he not even close. Y'all gonna have to drag him as a dead corpse out of that office because South Carolina fans still think they're a 10 win program because Steve Spurrier won Steve them 10 games. Did three times. No, that's not who you are. Clemson, this is who you are. Those were outliers. This right, six and four, your sixth win coming on November 11th. Yeah, that's who the fuck you are, Clemson. And as the ACC gets more bloated with checks, notes, Stanford, question mark, and other teams. SMU? Let's go Mustangs. So stupid. <laughs> Your conference is like, how did the SEC become the quaint traditional power? Like, what the fuck? Imagine it's how badly the, the you only have to fuck up your conference for the SEC to be like, you know what? They're keeping traditional there. You know what? The only two conferences that make any geographical sense are the two conferences in that same footprint. Because the Sun Belt, hell yeah. Like, fun conference. Everything. Everybody has a rival. It makes sense. You looking forward to that Wake Forest Cal game no. next year? Like, no. um, and and here's the thing: if the ACC wanted to go by coastal, scoop the freaking Big Ten, merge with the Pac-12, make it like some something that you can sell to ESPN. Don't just go pick up their sloppy seconds and then not respect the Oregon State Beavers and leave them out twisting. In. That that's that's my biggest issue is, I. I want to go see DJ U play. Oh, shit. I, I can't even sell that, man. Um, <laughs> look, here, I want I want to get back to Dabo for one thing because I got a question for yeah. you. Tyler from Spartanburg was a plant, right? No, I think Tyler from Spartanburg is real. I I'm not I'm not willing to go that far pro wrestling because I don't I don't want to give Dabo that much intellectual credit. I will say this: Dabo has some that, stats ready, man. I'm a father of three. <laughs> I've had sex at least three times. <laughs> That's why he's out of play. Because there, if there was a script, Dabo went off it. Because we got real emotion from Dabo. Like, I wanted to get married, so I did. Like, he's like, I got the trash can up today. <laughs> nah, Dabo, the reaction was too real for Dabo for that to be a plant. Dabo, if it was a plant, Dabo forgot. Because he got real emotional near the end there. You think I'm not a success? I have a gas power blower and an electric one. I'm covered. <laughs> you know my favorite game of the week this week was? It actually ties to last week. It was UCF beating Oklahoma State 45-3. to You know why? Because last week was the last Bedlam ever. And like they say at Bedlam, anything can happen. Oklahoma can win by a little or Oklahoma can win by a lot. However, Oklahoma State, full of hangover, rolled into UCF and laid a big fat fucking goose egg. And guess what? If you beat your rival in the last time ever, and you only want – I'm going to read you a stat that I didn't get to use last week. <clears throat> this is the 20th time Oklahoma State has won Bedlam. They've been playing that game since 1904. Chad Floyd, do you know when Oklahoma became a state? 19 – let's see, 1898. 1907. That's Holy right. Shit. The rivalry predates the goddamn state, Chad. I, I would love to know of those 20 wins, what happened in Oklahoma State's next game. Because I'm, I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to bet you it's it's under 500. <laughs> I hope they lost. I hope it's 0 and 20 because you fucking earned it. <laughs> I mean. Something about, I mean, it's not Dana Holgerson, but something about Mike Gundy going and uh, and just absolutely shitting his pants in Orlando just seems to logically make sense. It, it, um, it is the universe writing itself. Yep, I will say, UCF jerseys, kind of sick. I stopped and watched more of that game than I care to admit because of the jerseys. Dude, um, you are not the only one, man. I, I had a group chat going on, and I had at least two of them watching uh, UCF Oklahoma State. I was like, what? What? What in the hell are we doing? And then I looked, it's 31 nothing. I said, okay, you you are all sick people. These are the people I associate with. <laughs> the jerseys are just too beautiful, Chad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know I'm sick. I, I know I'm wrong. I just, it still happened. 
Uh, I mean, Quinn Ewers came back for Texas. Everyone's telling me that they're, they're the best team, one of the best teams in the Big 12. Their only loss was to um, – they beat Bama, lost to Oklahoma, lost to Oklahoma State, lost to UCF, which is objectively funny. Um, Quinn Ewers came back, and they barely squeaked by a very bad TCU team. Uh, they really put their foot on the gas at the end there, but they held them off. So, you know, maybe this is why we don't need 12 teams, guys. 12-team playoff just going to get kids hurt and make old people money. This is no, – nothing's – this – Sport tends to work itself out. Kansas, the, the, look at you, Kansas. Come on. The, the twelve-team playoff to work itself out. The tw- the twelve-team playoff exists only to keep Notre Dame and Penn State relevant. That's that's why James Franklin. You can't find James Franklin because his whatever he does at Penn oh, State, all of a sudden he's a playoff team. Yeah, yeah. Ten and two is getting an eleven seed, and you know maybe some years, maybe some years you get the group of five winner. It's going to be a whole lot, hell of a whole lot funnier when. Penn State makes the playoff and then, like, shits their pants against UNLV or something. Well, let's talk about a conference that everyone said, look at how talented the conference is. Pac-12 coming out shooting. And now it looks like they might back maybe one team into the playoff if Washington can finish a goddamn football game. Because right now, Washington is just rich USC. They barely held on to hold off to beat uh, Utah 35-28. Michael Penix is still great. He's still a lot of fun. I Explain to me like I'm a child how he's better than Jaden Daniels. Um, so first of all, while you sick fucks were watching that Oklahoma State game, this is the one that I was tuned into. Um, his receivers just make him so much. I, the, you know, I mean, not to say anything against LSU's receivers who are awesome, but Washington's receivers are different, man. Like uh, Polk and then uh, Odunze, like th- mm-hmm. those dudes can get after it. Um, and Kalen DeBoer is just one hell of like a just a uh, scheme of open coach as well. So when, when you have all of those things working for you, it doesn't hurt. I still, you know, I mean, I think he should definitely get invited to New York. I'm glad it's not Shadour Sanders at this point, <clears throat> but I mean, they keep winning. You you got to give them that. And I'm, I'm just, I don't know. I, I'm not sold that Washington's fraudulent. I just think that there's a team of state South that's going to kind of prove them to be fraudulent. Well, first of all, have you seen Odunze's line from yesterday? Uh, not. Three catches, 111 yards, and two touchdowns. That'll do. We only, I, I only make hits. Sorry, kids. No, there's no album. I rock headshot. <laughs> Let's stay with the team that I think you're talking about. Dan Lanning, who might be at Texas A&M by the time this is posted, uh, took number six Oregon and beat the dog shit out of USC. And, uh. For all the things I make jokes about Oregon, how our entire lifetime they were the soft, pretty team, Dan Lanning is just throwing a, a, an SEC team in the Pac-12. And he's doing it with an SEC quarterback in Bo Nix. He's doing it with running game. And look, I know Bo Nix is going to New York. That's fine. I've accepted it as a person. Bo Nix had 412 yards yesterday. If Bo Nix wins the goddamn Heisman, I need someone to hack into the feed and just play Auburn highlights. Like, I need the world not to forget how this happened. Well, also remember that uh, Lanning's head coaching debut was against Georgia, and Bo Nix mm-hmm. was his quarterback for that, and I think it ended what forty-five-three. It was really bad. So, so I'm, uh, I mean, I'm envisioning a future, and, and I'll get back to like why I think Oregon's good. I'm envisioning a future in which the national championship is Georgia, Oregon, and we get to do Bo Nix, same as it ever was. I mean, that that would just be fitting as hell for him to go out Bo with Nix like a 38 to 11. He's like, I've, I've, done, I've done this Georgia thing too many times. No, thanks. I'm good. He's like, hey, back, you know, guys, I, I've got strep throat. I don't know what's going on, but I can't. I'm I can't saving myself for my draft class. <laughs> Bo Nix wins the semifinal, then opts out for the national championship game. And then gets, and then, and then the Panthers trade up to like 27 in the first round and draft him. Oh, uh, we're going to talk NFL at the back end of this. Don't uh, worry, buddy. Uh, because well, I do want to uh, talk about, you mentioned Shador Sanders probably not getting invited. Colorado loses to Arizona at home, 31-34. They finally get sequestered to the Pac-12 network where they couldn't be watched by me. Thank God. God bless. Keep them there. Um, Chad, I'm going to run my theory past you. This Colorado job is going exactly how Dion needs it to. Because year one, you the, the over-under is three. You already beat three. You're, you're in gravy now. If you make a if you make a bowl game this year, the next year's expectation is a better bowl game. Hard to measure. It's easy and clear. If you go ahead and don't make it this year, and you make it next year, and then you take the Florida job, and then you ruin my life. Thoughts? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, trajectory-wise, I think they would have been better served to lose one of the uh, early September games and then, you know, maybe beat Stanford or something. But process-wise, like, demoting Sean Lewis, the guy he brought over from Kent State, who will be, like, a head coaching candidate, like, that, that, was, that was what you had going for you. And, you know, the, the Louis that he brought over, he, he has a couple of pieces of Louis, but he has a lot of grocery bags that are carrying, his, uh, are carrying his stuff around otherwise. I mean, offensive line, defensive line, you know, you've got a few nice pieces, basically a quarterback, receiver, and corner. But other than that, man, you know, it, it's just kind of, I mean, just kind of a wet paper bag of a program that, you know, are, are you going to bring it? Are you going to fix those problems in the transfer portal? Or are you just like, I, I don't see how it gets better than what it is. So that that's kind of where that, I disagree with you. Well, that's, but that was, the, that was always the game. So the point of him yeah. going to Colorado and doing what he did was to show that, look what I could do with their meager resources. Imagine what I could do with your established resources, because next year where he's that packed, that big 12 is going to be approachable by a, by a Colorado team that's got an excited offense. I agree with you. A lot of the process stuff, the micro stuff that season has looked pretty bad, particularly the last two weeks. But okay, the so, macro so, stuff. So you're taking, so you're taking more of like the Gene Chizik Iowa State to Auburn approach here. Yeah. Yeah. Was, Gene Chizik won four is, games in two years. This was never a five-year deal in Colorado. Oh no. No, I mean, well, I just th- think this that, was. I thought that I thought initially it was going to be a one-year deal, but missing the bowl allows it to be a two-year deal. Yeah, I, I think two years with uh, the one-time transfer portal rule coming back into effect here. So he can't bring Shadur and uh, Travis Hunter with him to Florida this year. So Exactly. There you go. Okay, yeah. He's going to get the two years. I'll, I'll grant you get that Get those one. guys to the draft, and then he'll take whatever's left, take what he's recruited, and bolt for probably Florida because Billy Napier can't seem to run a goddamn program. Um, Oregon State, that was mean. I'm not even going to talk about the game. 62 points is uncalled for. It's mean. It's mean. It's not very nice. <clears throat> Let's go to the NFL before we get out of here because, Chad, a couple years ago, everyone in the world thought that everything was good. We, we've all got our quarterbacks. We figured it out. Look at us. We've all got our quarterbacks. And now you look at teams and you're like, well, do you? Because this morning saw Mac Jones get benched in New England. The Jets are a goddamn mess. The Giants, are they miss with Daniel Jones. The Commanders, do you believe in Sam Howell? The Vikings don't know what they're doing. The Packers' love isn't good. The, the Lions... I mean, Goff's there for now, but that's not a future. The Bears don't have a quarterback. The Steelers need a quarterback. The Browns need a quarterback if they can't afford one. The Bengals and Ravens are good. The Texans seem to be good. The Colts might be good. Jacksonville, you hold on to that boy forever. Titans have a lot of questions. Will Levis ain't it. The Falcons will bring in talent and then not use them because Arthur Smith is some sort of goddamn backwards genius who's found a few ways to fail. Chad, how is the local feeling about the Panthers quarterback situation? Oh boy. Um, so <laughs> it's an infrastructure issue, man. Like they're, they're you know, they, they traded away like a second and a third and a fourth and because they went Teddy Bridgewater. Well, we need to buy high on him. Sam Darnold. We need to buy fucking high on him. Uh, Baker Mayfield. We need to pay draft capital for him. So then you trade away Christian McCaffrey, which was the right move to get a couple of picks back. And then you leverage those picks into Bryce Young, a five foot seven I mean generously five foot seven quarterback with the number one overall pick in a year where you're going to suck out loud regardless of if you have like prime Peyton Manning back there and put him behind an offensive line that is that could be classified as generous with a defense that sucks and now you're going to watch the Bears take two quarterback you know one of have their pick of quarterbacks that are going to be wildly more successful than him at this level and then get the receiver that you know would fit perfectly in an offense with a Bryce Young uh you know the guy whose name I will not mention on this podcast because it is your show I'm a guest here um yeah like I don't I don't expect at any time for more than half the NFL to have their quarterback situation figured out but to completely just kneecap the rest of your roster and still not have the quarterback situation figured out. It's a tough it's, scene. It's a special kind of hell in, um, in, uh, in Carolina. Yeah. I, I, I'm looking at something right now though, uh, for the games that have not started today. Um, and we're recording on a Sunday, a little inside baseball there. Um, 
I've never seen an NFL ticket for $13 on like the, you know, you have the line, you have the network, you yeah. have tickets from, and you know, the StubHub link. Can you uh, hazard a guess at which game that is in the four o'clock window? Let me see what the window looks like. Ooh, hold on. Chargers, Lions, Cowboys, Giants, Seahawks, Commanders, and Chargers, then, Chargers, uh, Lions. Final answer. Uh, Cardinals, Falcons. Wait, what? That's a. I thought it was an early game. No, it's uh, four o'clock. Oh my god. Ugh. Anyway, you can no. get in for thirteen bucks. Like, I mean, I, I can I can <laughs> propose that you have an afternoon set up there, but um. What's up with Desmond Ritter, man? Look, I am I have retired from my Falcons fanhood. I am happy with the with the dogs, and I refuse to let them hurt me. Uh, I think it's just a really bad. I think it's just a really bad coaching job. They don't throw to Pitts. They don't run with Bijan. I don't know. He could be great, but I'll tell you what: Falcons fans aren't happy with the quarterback situation. New Orleans, not happy. Tampa Bay, not happy. Denver, oh, super unhappy. Las Vegas, <laughs> unhappy. Char- Chargers, you think you're happy, but he and I have won the same number of playoff games. Cardinals, See, the, clearly unhappy. Rams, old. Niners, confused. Seahawks, unhappy. Like, the majority of this league has a quarterback problem. Like, that is what's wild to me. And then you watch, like, scoring go down because all these <clears throat> offensive masterminds have had two years of tape. And then, quietly, the team you cheer for, the Baltimore goddamn Ravens, are murdering people offensively because they stole my coordinator. I still miss you. Come home. And because they've got this, like, like yes, the Browns defense is absurd because Miles Garrett is some sort of mutant. However, when I look at the Ravens and I watch them play because they have Roquan Smith, he's one of my favorite defenders of all time, there's no, like, one person on the defense who's setting a tone. It's just a really, really, really good defense. Chad, is aren't the Ravens the best team in the NFL? I'm going to go with uh, – I'm, I'm going to go with – shit kind of put me on the spot there um i don't think so but they That's are true. yeah they, they're an outside contender the, the problem is man that afc is just tough and it's so stacked and you know if you just look at you know the ravens aren't really still equipped to you know win a shootout if it comes to that now our our, our boy todd monk and you know god bless him he, he will scheme something up but once you get to the playoffs, like that becomes a pretty tough proposition to win that's two or three defense, games. Like, that's against, where like my belief yeah. and love for this defense starts to shine through. Well, and you also have to count on Lamar not having his late season injury, which has seemed to happen each of the last three years. But I mean, that that defense will travel for sure. Um, I I just don't I don't know. I'm I'm not quite I'm not quite uh, best team in the league status there. I'm, and it's cool because you're actually a fan, so you're, you have every right to be more bullish. I'm just saying, like, I, for me, it's just really, like, week in, week out, consistency, like, level of play. Like, give me the Ravens. Like, I look at the yeah. AFC right now. Let's just look at the teams really quickly. The In the East, the Bills are fraudulent. I'm sorry. They don't have a running I, game outside of their quarterback. They've got one receiver, Stephon Diggs. The Dolphins, the, I believe in them more than most people. Man, I'm I'm just gonna say that the Bills are five and four, but they're like a plus eighty six point differential. Um, they they I mean they could prove me wrong here, but yeah, I mean, and and I do take your point about the Dolphins. I, I enjoy the Dolphins, but uh, oh, so much fun. I think I think the Bills are the Bills are setting up to be a little bit problematic. Like they they're 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 going to be a tough out. You and I, I, there we go. I think they're a team you don't want to play in the playoffs. I don't think they can win the Super Bowl. I think that's the different the differentiation. The AFC North obviously a buzzsaw, but the Bengals can be slowed down down by the Ravens' uh, defense. The South is a joke except for the Jaguars. I don't think anyone that anyone in that division is close right now. And then out west it's Kansas City as always. So like mm-hmm. I think you really see a Baltimore Kansas City thing in the final here, and that's going to be for maybe all the marbles because the NFC. Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean the Niners and then the Niners and the Eagles and then. So the yeah, Eagles. nothing else. The the Georgia Eagles are the best team in the NFL. I I'm I'm out on the Niners because everyone was like, oh look what a great story this quarterback is. And I'm like, y'all didn't watch him in college. Like he has some of that like I'm that dude in me. You guys think it's this humble dude who's just gonna come out here and do no 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 Brock Purdy, Iowa State's Brock Purdy. No, he he's got that confidence in him. It's still there. He just may not show it all the time. Yeah, and, and but that's what I like about. You know, the Niners and the Eagles specifically is 
to your point about the quarterbacks, they went low on that, but the rest of the operation there is just such a buzzsaw that you can kind of get by with that. And, you know, if it doesn't work for a couple of years, you're one piece away. Um, yeah, but, but then Jalen Hurts is so just... important and so pivotal. Oh, yeah. But, like, I look more to what, like, Kansas City did this year, where they rebuilt on the fly. They have a fantastic fucking defense. And the skill players are still rolling into shape. But you've got, at the core of it, you've got a piece that is paid and isn't going to change. So I think, yes, saying it won't be so with a quarterback is a different thing to say than your three or four from receivers. But that quarterback is such a big piece. And Kyle Shanahan can submiss on it so fucking frequently. That makes me nervous. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I, I can't believe the thing just was what it was. But, uh, you know, going going back to picking him, what was it, fourth overall? You know, we, we, we were yeah. pointing that one out and saying, guys, this guy played like legitimately six games in front of fans in college at North Dakota State. Yeah. Like the, like his, his showcase season was basically a spring post-COVID season. Uh, that 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 one just never just never uh, struck me as even remotely viable. Um, speaking of quarterback situations, how about Josh Dobbs doing the whole uh, like? I mean, li- literally, he was going through his cadence with the offensive line on the sideline, like in the pregame. Um, I, I had an eye on that last week, but I I might have put some money on the Vikings today because I'm I'm a believer in our in the hairless wonder. You believe in the astronaut <laughs> after what he did to Georgia Kirby's first year? I hate him. I think of nothing. If I have to hear that he is a aerospace engineer again, I'm gonna fight someone. Ooh, he went to school. All, all I'm saying is I I believe in him in the context. I think he's uh, going to beat the Saints at home by. Um, more than two and a half points today. Well, he rolled into Atlanta like. with no, not knowing the motherfuckers' names and beat the Falcons because that's what you do to the Falcons. He rolled into the house and you beat their heads in. Chad, thank you for a very fun conversation about all things Georgia football, all things college football, and a little NFL. Tell the people where they can find your musings on the internet. At Chad underscore Floyd on the Twitter or whatever the fuck we're calling it these days. Um, <laughs> I think it's just Chad Floyd with no underscore on Blue Sky, which I am just waiting on people to come join me over there because you know it's uh it's a lot less nazi it's it's twitter without nazis it's great that is that is going to be their official ad copy as they take the company public twitter but fewer nazis uh that is it for this episode we're gonna be back later this week with the midweek show that was your show there is no outro see you guys next time